So go ahead and use this moment, meet someone new, share life with the person next to you. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, It's your breath 
right, so now it's time for the 2019 Happy Time Christmas program. Let's
Aren't they doing such a great job? Recently this week, I was asked, um, how well do you think we're going to do this year? And I have the answer every, t- every year the same. We never know. Friday's practice was different than today. They were louder. But you know what? Sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. But aren't they doing great anyway? Now, I want to take a moment for all you precious parents out there. Please stand up so we can recognize you as the parents of these wonderful children. So please stand. Thank you so much for entrusting these little ones to us. They are such a fun bunch. And with that happiness in mind, I have one sad thing to let you know. After 24 years, Miss Darlene is retiring. Miss Darlene, will you stand up? Thank you so much, Miss Darlene, for all you've done. Remember you guys. Hi, everybody. My name's Rick. I'm the pastor here at the church. We have a deal. I have a deal with the kids this morning with gummy worms. So remember that. Um, I can identify with some of these kids. You all are a little scary standing up here uh, uh, crying and everything. I get that. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, Christmas and belief and all that. Um, this, last night, I went with three of my grandkids to ride the Polar Express in Sacramento. And uh, it's all about belief. That's what that story's about. And they say if you can hear this bell, that means you still believe in Christmas type of thing. You believe in Santa. So I got this bell and belief. All the stewards, they're wearing on their smocks. They have the word belief written on it. And Christmas really is a lot about believing in things that are really unlikely, like Santa Claus, elves. Um, It's like believing in unlikely things, like a toy manufacturing plant in the North Pole, uh, believing in chimney deliveries and all of that. And and when when kids believe that, it also seems to make life better because there's a sense of expectancy and hope when you believe in those types of things. There's also when you get your toys on Christmas. I remember this as a kid. That toy is going to make my life better. I'm just going to have more fun, more things to do. I won't be as bored as a kid because I have my snow cone machine. I got a snow cone machine when I was a kid. I think how, you know, I can have a snow cone whenever I want, whatever flavor I want. And then it ran out of syrup and it went back in the box and in the closet. Never saw it again. Uh, But, you know, kids, Legos, video games, that, that toy is going to make my life better. And then if you're a school-aged child, then you also think, hey, I get two weeks off at Christmas. That definitely makes my life better. So you believe, and it changes your life. So I want to ask those of you who are grown-ups, what place does faith or belief have in your life? And specifically, faith or belief in God. Is it something that was maybe in your past as a child that you kind of left in the past? 
Is it something that maybe you've never really considered or you think, oh, that's just kind of a myth. It's kind of a fairy tale. And I don't, I don't believe in that kind of thing. I, I want you to consider something that the original Christmas story is about believing in something that's very unlikely. Okay. And let me tell you the story. It's about the story of Joseph and Mary, a regular couple, poor. They're engaged to get married. Uh, and then something happens before they're married that is very disturbing to Joseph because he finds out his fiancée is pregnant. And like any red-blooded Jewish man, he said, you know what, I can't marry this girl. She cheated on me. And so he's thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divorce her. I'm going to cut this relationship off. But then after I do that, I'm going to do it in a quiet way. Okay, because he's a good man. He's not going to go on Jerry Springer or anything. So I'm just going to do it quietly. Well, while he's thinking about this, an angel comes to him and says, Joseph, Mary didn't cheat on you. What's in her womb is from God himself. The Holy Spirit came upon her and caused her to conceive this baby. She didn't cheat. That boy is going to be the son of God. God's his father. God made her pregnant. And now Joseph had, that's the, that's the, whoa, that's like the toy manufacturing plant in the North Pole. It's like, whoa, what do I do with this now? And angel, the angel said to him, I want you to marry the girl. I don't want you to raise the boy. So now Joseph has to exercise faith. Am I going to believe what this angel said to me? Am I going to change the trajectory of my life and marry this woman and have this baby that will be my stepson and raise him? And Joseph just said, I believe. And so that's what he did. He took her, he married her, they had the son, and raised her. And it changed his life. And then later on, it got really sticky because somebody wanted to end the life of this boy, a wicked king named Herod. And so the angel came to Joseph in the middle of the night and said, Joseph, Herod wants to do away with your son Jesus. I want you to get up and I want you to move to a foreign country, Egypt in the south. And I want you to stay there. And so Joseph got his family packed up, marched in the middle of the night to Egypt, and lived there for I don't know how long. So now he's got a, a family that he probably wouldn't have had if he didn't have faith. And he's living in a country he wouldn't have lived in if he didn't have faith. And then the angel comes to him again several years later and says, Hey, the wicked king Herod, he's dead. Go on back to Israel. So now he packs his family up, moves back to Israel. All of that because he believed in something supernatural and amazing that had happened. And not just him, but also Mary had to exercise faith. She had to carry this son while Joseph decided her fate for them as a couple. And then when she had her baby, she was nursing him while a king was trying to kill her, her boy. All of that, all those things kind of happened in faith and it changed their lives. In fact, it changed the world. All right? So think about this. Um, faith has been something that, that has impacted people for, for centuries. If we go, there's a, there's a chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11, if you ever want to read this. List all these people how they believed, and how it affected their life. It says, by faith we believe that God made the universe by his command. He just spoke it into existence. Okay? It goes on to tell the story of a guy named Noah who built something new that had never been seen before, never been on earth. He built this giant, huge ship to save animal life and human life. And he did it. He followed the blueprints that God gave him. And he built this amazing ship that was really long and so wide and so high. It was built out of gopher wood. And it saved the lives of animals and humankind. And, and, and it's pretty impressive, isn't it, to think, here's a guy who's never even built a ship before. He's an amateur and it survived this flood. You think of the Titanic. That was built by professionals and it sank. I mean, pretty amazing what happened with faith. 
You go on to Abraham. God said, Abraham, go to a foreign country, start a new family when you're 100 years old. So he and his wife, he's 100, she's 90. They have their first child. And they move to this foreign country and they start a family that becomes the nation of Israel. Faith. And then, and then Moses. Moses is the leader, becomes the leader of Israel when they're in slavery. And he leads the entire nation out of slavery and bondage because of faith. We get it. They go into the promised land. There's a woman named Rahab. Rahab's not an Israelite, but she hears about their God. And she believes in their God and says, you know what? Nobody else in my town believes in your God, but I do. When you take over my town, would you save my family? And they said, yeah, put a scarlet robe out your window. When we come to take over and bust down that wall, we'll remember you and we'll save you. And that family of Rahab became Israeli. Not only that, here's the wild thing. She became a descendant, an ancestor of Jesus. She's in the direct bloodlines. So this is all these people believing in these amazing things, very unusual, highly unlikely, impossible things, and it changed their lives. Now, anybody can believe. Anybody can do this. You know, think about Rahab, just so you know, was, a, was a, a, a lady of the night. She lived in the red light district. And she believed. And isn't that weird? Jesus is in her line, her bloodline. A lady of the night. Interesting. Uh, you know, I was thinking, I don't know if you know the story of Kanye West, what's going on with him, but he's very intriguing to me. I'm not like a, I know I look like a real hip-hop guy, but I'm not. <laughs> and uh, so he does this hip-hop music, and I'm not into that. And then I, I saw, the, the, my first introduction to Kanye West was an award ceremony. And uh, Taylor Swift got this award for a best new video of the year or something. And they're giving it to her. And Kanye West hops up on stage and says, well, Taylor, that was a pretty good video. But the one who really should have received this, who was really good, was Beyonce. And it was like, awkward. Everybody's like going, mm, what's this guy doing in, in an award ceremony? So that's, that's what I thought of Kanye West. Well, what's happened to him lately is that I said, anybody can believe Kanye West has a new album out called Jesus is King. It's number one. Amazing. It's, it's combo, hip-hop, gospel, all this stuff. And somebody asked him, you know what, Kanye, what if somebody asked you, is this true, is this real? What would you say to them? He said, well, you know how people can sleep and people can be awake? He says, well, I used to be asleep, and now I'm awake. I'm like, wow. Faith. Changes lives. Hip-hop guys. Changes lives. It's working in Hollywood. Anybody. From any place. You know, what, is it, what happens? What's it like when you, when you trust God? It's a little bit like what you're doing right now and sitting in that chair. You put your weight on that chair, trusting it to hold you. And when we trust God, we put the weight of our life in his hands and we trust him to hold us and to rescue us and to save us putting your weight on him. And when we do that, all kinds of things happen. First of all, you start to believe, hey, this world was created by design. That means everything around me is not random. Family life is not random. Marriages aren't random. Raising kids is not random. What I do with my health is not random. What I do with my finances is not random. God has a design and a way that it works, and it really simplifies your life when you begin to find that design for your family and your life. It's also like it was for Abraham. God takes you to places that you've never been before. Like I can really identify with the boys up here crying. Because that's what I did when I was four years old, when I stood in a bunch of people. In fact, I hate public, I hated public speaking. When I was in high school, I took Latin instead of Spanish because it, Latin was a dead language. You didn't have to speak it out loud. That's the only reason I took Latin. 
I was so terrified of public speaking. And now here, I'm on this path like Abraham. You go, he takes you to places you've never been before. Or like Noah, he creates new things inside of you. The New Testament says, if anyone is in Christ, who's a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. New things happen in your life. Or like Moses, he breaks, he breaks things. He, he sets you free. He sets you free from, from fears that you've had. He sets you free from shame and guilt. He sets you free from that oppression that you may feel sometimes. You go, why do I feel so heavy and so dark? God comes to break those chains in our lives. And like Rahab, he incorporates us into a new family, a new identity. And so that's what it's like having faith. It's, it's an amazing thing. You know, I know that anytime anybody, I, I believe this decision is, I'd say the biggest decision of our lives. Will I trust God or not? I believe that's number one. I believe that's bigger than who am I going to marry? What career am I going to have? This to me is, is the big one because it, it lasts for eternity. But I also believe it's the best decision that you'll ever make to do that. And so what I want to do this morning is just invite you, if you want to, to put your faith, your trust in Jesus to be your life giver, to be your forgiver. Um, To believe that, hey, Jesus, you know, you kind of wonder, why did it have to be a virgin birth? What was that all about? That's just, is that just a, ooh, wow, that's really special. It was like a trick. No, it wasn't about that. It's like it had to be because there had to be a sacrifice. Somebody who would pay for the sins of all humanity who was perfect. We needed a perfect sacrifice. We had flawed ones and animals. That wasn't good enough. So what would, a, what, would a per, what would it take to be a perfect human being? Somebody who was not only human, but was also God. And Jesus was that. He was all human and he was all God. Because God was his father, the virgin birth. And he died on a cross to pay for our sins so that we'd be cleansed of all those. To believe also that he was raised from the dead to give us life. Death no longer has power over the human race as long as they trust Jesus. Resurrection life is ours. And to trust him to lead you in your life. And so we're going to pray. And and if you decide, hey, I'm going to put my trust in Christ. I want help with this. You you can sign up. There's a table at the back that um, is called Next Steps. And if you want to sign up for like personal faith coaching. How do I live this life? Where do I go? If you have a friend or family member you'd like to go with it through, go ahead and sign up and we'll get back to you on that, okay? So let's go ahead. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for this great story and how you sent this little boy named Jesus, whose name means God saves to rescue us because we couldn't do it ourselves. So like this bell reminds us to believe, God, help us to believe today. Give us faith. And if you're ready to take that step of faith this morning, I just invite you to pray this prayer with me from your heart. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you came for me to save me, to forgive me, to heal me, to make me new, and to give me a new life that will go on forever with you. So Jesus, right now, I ask you to forgive my sins, I ask you to come into my life and be my savior and be the leader of my life. And I want to thank you for this greatest gift of all that far exceeds anything else we could get this year. Snow cone machines, a new Lexus in our driveway. God, this is the best gift because it will never rust. It will never wear out. It will never go back in the closet. God, just thank you for this gift today. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, if you want to follow up on that, there's a table at the back. I think.
Okay. Melinda, come on up. Well, I told the kids there's a special treat in the back. You guys remember what it is? What is it? What is it? Cookies! <laughs> so please take one, two, three cookies back there. There's a lot. And parents, before you do go back there, come collect your wonderful children. Thank you all for joining us today. Yes. Okay. You guys ready?